Welcome to another episode of the two-on-one podcast with Adam and Alex. Adam. Alex, what's what's new, I, man? This is all of a sudden. I'm, I'm starting the episode today because <laughs> this is an emergency podcast. We were supposed to record tomorrow, but we have some huge news. The Toronto Maple Leafs have fired head coach Mike Babcock. Marley's head coach, Sheldon Keefe, will replace Mike Babcock behind the bench. Adam, Alex. the Leafs have fired head coach Mike Babcock. Really? Yes. Really. Uh, how do you feel, it was Alex? A huge surprise. I uh, I, I was know. on my way to the gym and I, I called you. I said, Adam. The Twitter yeah. is blowing up. Brian <laughs> you know, Burke's on Sportsnet right now. Oh, you know my what's God. really funny? The Tell SDP me. just finished recording. No, no. They, record an, they have to record an emergency podcast. I said, hey, so we just recorded a podcast. Adam, Jesse, and I talked about it. And we're going to release it with a little intro from Adam because everything still applies. Safe to say biggest podcast we're running things ever. But Alex, yes, they've they've decided um, this is just from Pierre Lebrun. Just spoke with Babcock. He got the news today from Shanahan and Dubas. Wishes the team nothing but success moving forward. More to come. Dude. Oh, apparently so Shanahan and Dubas told him today. Shanahan flew to Arizona from Toronto. Adam, Adam, Alex. you know what the funniest part about this is? What? They fired him in Arizona. <laughs> Mike Babcock flew to Arizona to talk to Austin Matthews. Now they fired him in Arizona. This, well, uh, this, this. Here's a funny tweet. Leafs relieved Babcock of coaching duties. They went 173, 133, and 45 under him, ranking 17th in the NHL since the start of 15-16. Yeah. They have had a sub-500 record since last year in January. Or, sorry, last January. And uh, they obviously... Uh, obviously, we'll go into what we had about Toronto. Of course, they just lost to Vegas. What was that? Their sixth straight loss. Um, you know, it, it's just, I, 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 there was stuff about Babcock saying, I'm going to bet on Mike Babcock and, and Barry was terrible again. And it's, it's happened. They pull the floor of the Panthers. I, I feel like I should just scrap all my notes. I don't even know what to say anymore. Well, I, I guess, first of all, your initial reaction, Sheldon Keefe is obviously the new head coach. Yeah, the probably the worst kept secret in the world that if it was going to happen, it was going to be Keith. What yeah, changes no, are on the Maple Leafs? Well, first off, what changes in the in the dressing room? 
is that if the Leafs continue to suck, the it's on the players. Because it obviously wasn't a system or whatever else was going on in the locker room. It's quite obvious that this blanket that was covering the players and Mike Babcock is, has now been stripped away. This, If the Leafs continue to underperform, which I don't think they will, um, if they continue to underperform, then no one is covering them. Dubis will make a trade. It's quite obvious. The fact that I know that we've been saying Dubis has been wanting to fire Babcock uh, for how long? At least since the end of last season when they got eliminated from the playoffs. But to fire Mike Babcock is no simple, simple thing. That I think doing something of that stature takes big balls. I don't know if you'd agree with me. Uh, say that again. You cut out. Firing someone of Mike Bab, like someone like Mike Babcock, big personality, are could could be argued as one of the best coaches ever. It is not a simple process or a simple thing to do. It the, I think it takes big balls. Oh yeah. So sure. I I think this move shows to the players that Kyle Dubis doesn't care what they think. <laughs> Kyle Dubis will do what he wants. To give you some little idea of uh, of Mike Babcock, he is the eighth winningest coach in, in the history of the league. 700 wins, one of only eight coaches to ever do it. I mean, he, he's got gold medals, he's got Stanley Cups, he's got World Cup wins. I mean, he has done everything... That one can do as a coach. Here's a perfect tweet to sum up this firing. This is from Mike Stevens of um, the Leafs Nation. Mike Babcock was the perfect hire for the Leafs at the time. But times change. Babcock didn't, so here we are. I think that perfectly sums up how we got to this point. Now, the reason I say this is a perfect tweet is because you look, when he was hired by the Leafs, the Leafs were a complete mess, complete and utter mess. To bring someone in of that nature is huge for a club that was not performing, absolutely not performing. They were bad and they were they were bad. they were very bad. They, it was, they had just, they were selling everything off possible. Lou Lamorello had just came in. And it, it was, if we were going back to the start, he, it, it sounded like by all accounts he was going to Buffalo. It was, it just all of a sudden, who was it was just happened to be at an airport and saw the Leafs plane there and it turned out to be Babcock. Yeah. It's just, obviously, he does what he does with that team. He coaches what... I mean, say what you want about this accolade, but he's probably the best last place team ever. He coaches them to eventually make the playoffs and lose in six to the Caps, but wasn't anything expected of them. 
Then, of course, the famous Game 7 collapse of 2018 happens. Then, of course, there's the whole shenanigans of once every year he puts them into this style where he tries to grind them down, teach them defense, and, and all these. And, and both plays Patrick Marlowe 20 minutes. And come the playoffs last year, Matthews plays less than 20 minutes. He hates William Nylander. He doesn't use Tyson Berry this year. It's just it's 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 a it's probably the one of those the most fascinating tenures of a coach that I can recall in the past ever. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You you say some like I I agree with some of the things you were saying with him changing his like literally once a year. It's been like this for four years that once a year he'll the first part of the season he'll be like okay do whatever you want and then in January like December January he's like no that's it time to hustle like time sorry time to shut that down. And it feels like this year he didn't even give them until December. It's like he's he started the season, and that was the way. You know what I mean? I mean, I I, I have not had the pleasure to watch Leafs a lot this year because Montreal. But you know what I what I have caught or the games against Montreal it was I don't want to say that that was the system he tried to push in because if so, they the Leafs wouldn't allow four or five odd man chances a game. But at the same time, I, I, as an outsider looking in, I see the talent there. and just, Whether it is the players, whether it, it is the co- excuse me, the coach, it's just something was wrong there. And maybe if it, it is simply that his effect has worn off there. And they were talking hockey central. I was, before you called me, Alex, I was listening to today's episode and they were talking about, are they just waiting for something to happen or the players? So is it, is, do you think the big issue was at the end of it is just he lost the room? I think there were a couple things and him losing the room is definitely one of them. The so other, ma- the other major thing I, that I will, I think was I think was a major factor was I don't want to say a system because there's parts of a system that that had worked with this team and I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know everything about a system but I think the deployment of certain players just wasn't up to what we were what Leaf fans were expecting we saw it last year with Marlowe uh, Mar- Marlowe and Haynes and this year I think we were really seeing it with Tyson Berry now I don't know about you what about you but I can't imagine a a 60 point defenseman magically becoming garbage over the summer now we do have to say at the same time I want to preface this at the same time do I agree with every bit of the point my Babcock had but at the same time there is some onus on the players here yes Yes, yes, for sure. I'm not put. I don't. I maybe I haven't made that clear in past episodes. I'm not putting all the blame on Mike Babcock. What I'm saying is there's different. There's bits and pieces um, from the players to Babcock, even up to Dubis. They're all playing a role in why this team is not playing up to standard. Can I just read you a Bob McKenzie tweet quickly that I think may add to this? Yes. 
Uh, it is believed as an organizational decision. Some think that Dubis believed was necessary, but fully supported by Shanahan and the Leafs hierarchy. They felt the, quote, message was not getting through and a new voice is required. Shanahan and Dubis will be speaking to media. I, listen, I haven't personally, not personally, I haven't heard anything through like Twitter or any type of interviews that would suggest to me that Sheldon Keefe is a problem in with the Marlies. We know we know that Kyle Dubas loves Sheldon Keefe. He had him in Sault Ste. Marie. Now he brought him to the Marlies. I just put up the um the Leafs lineup on my computer. And there are quite a few players who have gone through or have played with the Marlies. Now Sheldon Keefe has been there since 2015. Damn, so, that- yeah. So he's had Janssen. He's had Nylander. I believe he's had Kapanen. He's had, well, he's had Engvall for sure. Uh, Gautier, I believe he's had. Justin Hall, Travis Dermott, Casimir Kaskisuo, Trevor Moore, Kaskisuo. It's, it's, you know, we always, we saw most recently with Dallas Aikens in Anaheim, but whenever that coach does get moved up, he loves and he brings forth his players from the AHL. But the thing with, with Sheldon Keefe is all his guys are there. Right. All his guys are there. So now it's the, this is kind of what I was getting to before. Now it's up to the players. Because Babcock was kind of, I guess the way to put it was he was taking on all the, all the grief from Twitter, from, I guess, the media was asking a lot of questions towards Babcock and it didn't really seem like much of the blame was getting tossed the players way. So now that Babcock's gone and we, we've all been complaining that Babcock's been part of the problem. It's on the players because the team that Kyle Dubas made on paper, it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be quite good actually. So there are, Obviously, I'm not saying the the team is perfect. There are still issues like the backup goalie. But Babcock was given a good team to work with. Oh, yeah, for sure. So no matter what Sheldon Keefe does, listen, I don't expect they play Arizona uh, tomorrow night. I don't expect the team to completely turn it around tomorrow night. But I expect a different looking team. Normally whenever a coach is fired, there seems to be like a a, a fire gets lit under the ass of the team that has just lost it. I feel really bad for the Coyotes. It's okay. Someone will probably ask about, uh, about this to Phil Kessel. But I I'd like to see what I'd like to see what Sheldon Keith does with this team because uh, we know when it comes to this organization from the Marlies to the Leafs that they play a similar style. I, I mean, Alex, I just it's there's been a lot going on over the past two days, I'd say. 
Darren Millard, formerly of, of Sportsnet, my boy, was on Timmons, and he was talking about how – this was a fair point. So I think a big criticism of the New Jersey Devils was they had so many new players come in that maybe there was some sort of issue with everyone meshing together because there was so much turnover. Why was this never brought up in Toronto, the fact of, okay, all of a sudden you have these new bodies, you have your you know, your McKayevs, you have your Berries, all these new roles, CC, all that kind of stuff. Was there ever a point, Alex, where you may have thought maybe it's the roster turnover and no one's meshing together? Or 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 what what am I just overthinking it? Is it the wrong thing or No, 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 you're not I, I've had those thoughts, but the thing is I look at this team when they're playing. Even the players who have been here. Let's take a line like Johnston Matthews and Nylander or even the chemistry between Tavares and Marner, uh, when even, let's say, they had Trevor Moore up there, it just didn't look like players cared anymore. That's what that's what I felt. Because I see a player like Ilya Mikhaev play out there, and he looks like he's busting his ass off all the time. But the players who have been here for years, well, I mean, it's only been three or four years, um just don't look like they care anymore. Uh, by the way, more breaking news. Assistant coach Rob Davidson and A.J. McLean will assume duties beyond the bench for the Marlies uh, for tonight's game at least. Oh, oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. No. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm keep, I'm, I keep refreshing Twitter to see. You know what's really funny and what's trending on Twitter right now? What? Bab, Bab socks. socks. Oh, that sucks. I see Keith trending. I see Bab socks, but not Babcock. <laughs> don't care more about the socks than the player. Well, no, that, that's a perfect transition. What do you think is well, you know, is the fans' relationship with Mike Babcock now? What are they mm-hmm. going to? Rem- what will be remembered by the fans when it comes to Mike Babcock's tenure as a Toronto Maple Leafs head coach? Okay, so I'm going to give my opinion last. I think you're going to see a lot of mixed reaction um, on t- Leafs Twitter, on Leafs Reddit, because there's a lot of people who did not like Mike Babcock uh, on different levels. Uh, obviously, we both know that Twitter can get extreme sometimes, and there's going to be people who take it too far. I don't agree with those people. Now, for me, I think Mike – listen, Mike Babcock is a great coach. Mike Babcock has done great things for this team. But I think it was time for change. Would you like to hear a quote from DJ Smith? Yes, I would. So Eric Angles, of course, um, he covers the Montreal Canadiens. They are in, uh, of course, to play the Ottawa Senators tonight, Wednesday night, Scotiabank Hockey, uh, like I work for Sportsnet. Um, former Leafs assistant coach and current Sens head coach DJ Smith reacts to the news that friend Mike Babcock has been fired. Quote, he gave me my chance in the NHL and he showed me and he showed me the NHL and he did a great job every day he went to work. It's a tough time for him and his family and I certainly feel for him. Eric would ask, are you surprised, DJ? I don't know what to say to that. He's a very good coach and they've certainly had a tough go of late. And I know that Mike would keep battling and get that thing turned around in time. But it's a great organization, and they're going to make decisions for what they think. And all you can do is be there for Mike. And then on the value of working alongside Babcock, it was always 
it was valuable just to see how much he worked and how much the res- he respects the game and how he goes to work every day. And he never cheats it. Never cheats anything. Never take anything for granted. He lets you know that every day, and he's so he lets you know that every day, and he certainly helped me in my journey getting here. Just that is, of course, good old DJ Smith, former assistant coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let me make a little comments. I don't think he would. I don't think Mike Babcock could turn it around. Not because he's not a good coach, but because of all the things we talked about earlier. The fact that he's lost the room, the fact that it hasn't been really been working with this team, um, what he's trying to push them to do. Listen, his I don't know what his systems are, are like, um, but it just was – I don't think it was working with this team. Now, there's one – well, there's two. The specialty teams, we didn't really – the penalty kill started okay, but it's pretty much been abysmal since – like the first couple of games, the power. Here's my. I have a theory on the power play. Now, they brought in Paul McFarland from Florida, who ran the second best power play in the league. He arguably got better players to play with, right? To to yeah. work with. Would you are Would you say? That the Leafs, the the Leafs that he has to play with, especially on power play one, are better than the players he got to play with on power play one in Florida. Yeah, we we talked about it last episode. Yes, I don't think Paul McFarland truly had control of the Toronto Maple Leafs power play. No, and you know what I find pretty interesting is that. Well, so, if you noticed, they were talking Hockey Central about how different is that the fact that having those big shots at the point is kind of different when you don't have, um, like, a Keith Yandel. But then that goes back to this whole thing of why are they not trying Tyson Berry in that spot? And I, I would find it very hard to believe that that no, that no one suggested that. <clears throat> Here's means- the thing. Here's the thing with Tyson Berry. Um, sure, he probably he has a good shot, but Tyson Berry likes to jump into the play, right? I don't know if it's Tyson. If I had the option, I'd rather have Tyson Berry jump into the play, like pinch, than take a shot from the point. But still use him more than that stupid 30-second power play two unit. Right. And that goes back to the point I was making earlier about the the deployment. Was the was there proper deployment? And I don't think there was with certain players. Um, first, Barry. And then, obviously, Cody Cece. Which was a whole other... Uh, talking point which we don't need yeah. to get into now yeah yeah it was just it was for the thingy Zaitsev contract that's all we need to say uh, by the way from Eric Angles due to unforeseen developments a certain news of an event out of Toronto uh, his appearance on Tim and Sid has been cancelled <laughs> that's funny <laughs> sorry man. Oh, 
Uh, would you like to hear a statement from Michael Babcock? Yes, I would. All right, TSN's put this out. Larry Tannenbaum talked to me into going into Toronto. I would have never gone until I met Larry. Here's one of the finest people. Wait, what the hell? Okay, whatever. He's one of the finest people I've ever met. Had an absolutely haven't had that. Had an absolutely riot. What? And met another friend for life in Lou Lamorello. I never thought we did an amazing job taking a franchise. I thought we did an amazing job. I'm so sorry, Mike. I'm butchering this. I thought we did an amazing job taking a franchise from where it was to where we had 100-point seasons. We set franchise records. If I'm not mistaken, we got into the playoffs. I'm disappointed. We didn't have the starts of the year we wanted, and that's on me. I want to thank the fans. I want to thank the media. I want to thank the city. It was spectacular. I loved every second of it. And I wish the new group nothing but success. Morgan Riley has been here the whole time. I can't thank him enough. And all the players I got an opportunity to coach, it's been fantastic, and I wish them nothing but success. Alex, do you know what is I'm thinking of right now? Reading that. And I'm going to try and find something. Maybe that's not the full quote, but I find it very interesting. He brings up Lou, he brings up Larry Tannenbaum, but there's nothing of Brandon Shanahan, Kyle Dubas, or Sheldon Keefe there. Well, I can tell you why none of that was brought up. Why? Because Kyle Dubas, Brandon Shanahan, and Sheldon Keefe are not his guys. Well, Shanahan hired him. Obviously, Larry Tannenbaum hired him. From that quote. But oh, oh wow, that's oh I love this, I love this. Tell me. I just I, I just I like is it is it is it me? I like how he brought up Morgan Riley specifically because he threw him through the ringer, and of course me and you the might first be, season. Yes, the me, first me, good season. Me and you might be the biggest Morgan Riley fans on the planet. Um, but I, I mean I I just find that that cult very very interesting. Very interesting. Listen, I think that quote. I don't want to take. I don't want to make too many assumptions. It's Mike but Babcock. I think, he but I think that quote. I know, no, no. I I don't want to take it out of proportion. But remember how we heard reports that Kyle Dubish tried to fire Mike Babcock. Yes. Do you think? It wasn't Brandon Shanahan who said no. It could be Larry Tannenbaum who said no. So, pardon me for not for you know being a bit ignorant here. What role is Larry Tannenbaum? I believe he's the president of the MLSE. I'm going to quickly. I will do a quick Google search. Um, you are right. He is a, the chairman of MLSE. Chairman, sorry. chairman of the MLSE. And he owns a 25% stake. Because so, the, who do you assumption think? Was, well, the assumption was, of course, that they weren't going to fire him then because they just made the playoffs, you know, three straight years. They're, they're winning. But then, of course, the moment they lose that many straight games, I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle was dropping a bit of hints here and there. And then this losing streak might have just been the, the okay, you know what? This is the, the proof is in the pudding here, lads. Well, it was obvious it wasn't working. And... Uh, listen, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I know what's going on behind the scenes. But I think this was something that had to be done based on the product that was we saw on the ice. 
The Leafs own a .515 points percentage since January 1st. That is 22nd in the league per Sportsnet stat. Yeah, I just saw that. I just saw that too. Listen, man, this is going to be a different – you don't know why. This is now the Kyle Dubas era of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that is a very, very correct statement. And here's the reason I came up with this. They showed on TV Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe raising the uh, Calder Cup. Oh. That proves that this is Kyle Dubas's team. Look, I, I don't know if you have the Leafs lineup up right now. I'll get a daily face-offs. Tell me when you look at this team that this isn't a Kyle Dubas team. Like, I, I, yeah, let me just give you a sense is, is what I look. I see Austin Matthews, probably the second best goal scorer in the league. I see William Nylander, who has probably been the best Leaf this year. I see Andreas Janssen, who's a solid 20-goal guy. I'm, I don't know that much about Andreas Janssen, but, you know, a guy, a seventh-round pick into what he is today. Think about that. Zach Hyman who, say what you want, has somehow become the glue of the Tavares-Marner line. I don't need to tell you who John Tavares is. I don't need to tell you who Mitch Marner is. Um, uh, Adam? Yeah. I'm quoting you saying William Nylander has been the best Leaf this year, and I'm putting that on Twitter. <laughs> what? I'm not wrong. No, well, he's been the most consistent Leaf this year. Yeah, no, he's been the best. And he doesn't you go around pants down, and, and, and uh, he deserves a crown. I'm not going to make the joke. Was, but anyway, like you see Nick Patan, that's a guy who I can almost guarantee you is going to get a better sort of look with Sheldon Key. Ilan Mikhaev, of course. Pierre Engvall, your guy like like Freddy the Goat. I guarantee you the defense is going to change very quickly. Very, very quickly. Like You look at this team exactly. Tyson Berry needs no introduction for what he's done. Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, like, those guys... Especially Muzzin and Barry have been very bad lately, but we all know what those guys are. There's a reason Muzzin's a cup champ two times over, and Tyson Barry is the leading scorer in Colorado Avalanche defenseman's history. Do you think that I'm going to give you just some two defensive pairings just to see what you think? Do you think Sheldon Keefe tries? Do you think. Um, Sheldon Keefe tries Morgan Riley, Tyson Berry, and Jake Muzzin, Cody Cece? Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to say Cece Muzzin. Well, apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, in the Vegas game, they did try out Riley Berry. So I wouldn't be. Apparently, they outshot the Vegas. They outshot Vegas 7 nothing. Exactly. So I think um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I don't know about the 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 CC pairing. I feel I'll like explain. I can explain that. I can explain that. Okay. Last year, Jake after uh, Gardner got injured, who did Nikita Zaitsev play with, and look kind of good with? Mazen. Is Cody, are Cody Cece and Nikita Zaitsev the same type of players? Um, from what I understand, Cece's kind of worse, but... I mean, it's not like... If we're going back to deployment for... If you let me just go back to deployment for a second. Yeah. It's not like Mike Babcock put Cody Cece in the position to succeed, playing him 20 minutes. 
and against the best competition. Like, see, yeah, like, I, he, he made Riley look bad. He did make Riley look bad. That that is true. So is beside the defense, do you think anyone anything changes on the forward front when it comes to Sheldon Keith? Uh, I think we're going to see more of the Matthews line. Oh, you mean you're going to be playing? I don't think right now, maybe when we have at least Kerfoot and Moore playing, we'll see something different. We'll see something happening. Maybe uh, we won't see Freddie Gauthier every night. We Maybe we won't see Nick Shore every night. Uh what will happen with Jason Spezza? I think now that there's not a, a because let's be honest, there's been huge conflict between the coach and the GM. I, I think that's been obvious since the day Dubis was hired. Yes. I think now that we there's more of an understanding between the coach and the GM, you're gonna see more of the coach's team on the ice. So you're probably going to see more of Jason Spezza. We're probably going to see more of Nick Patan. I I don't know what happens with the other players. I think, listen, I think Dubas likes Gautier. I don't know. That fourth line is something that Sheldon Keefe can work out for himself. Mike Babcock, like his fourth line one way with the players that he had Sheldon Keefe might like it a different way yeah so I I don't want I think when it comes to the the first three lines I don't think we're going to see much change in the actual lineups we might see some change in matchups we might see some change in deployment things like that I don't know if he's going to mix up the lines because I don't think the lines have been the problem. It's Personally. Just the effort. Yeah, it's really been the effort. Wow. I still don't know how I feel about this. Do you have it all out? I think I have most of it out. I can't okay. think of anything else to say. All right, then... Uh... Do, do we want to go to the power hour? Yeah. Can I just say one thing before uh, we go to the power hour? Like w- one last thing. Yeah, go ahead. Can I, can I just thank Mike Babcock for coaching this team for the last four years? I think, Alex, you should do that. Okay. Mike Babcock, thank you for coaching my team for the last f- just over four years. Before you came, this team was a train wreck. That's the best way I can put it, or the nicest way I can put it, without having to be too mean. You, along with Lamorello and Shanahan, you fixed or started to fix the culture and the reputation that this team had. You made this team good again. You brought this team to the playoffs. You built 
not you didn't build the team, but you worked with the team. The players are better. John Tavares is a leaf. I don't know if that's because of you, but without you, I don't think John Tavares is a leaf. So thank you for coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs for the last four and a bit years. Well, that's it. Of course. Uh, I mean, if, is there a better coach they could have had for when they needed him? The same with Lou Lamarillo. Say what you want about, you know, how they might be perceived and, and how they ended up leaving. But you, you, you can't help but admit what those two guys have done for the Toronto Maple Leafs over the past four or five years. So, yeah. you know what? Uh, thank you, you dick, for making the Leafs competitive team and making the Montreal Canadiens' lives a little more difficult. And thank you for ruining my Wednesday night because I'm going to hear nothing about – so I'm, I'm going to hear nothing about my own team playing tonight or <laughs> for, like, the next week. So that's nice. That is true. You're not going to hear anything. I was I'm so sorry. excited to hear Eric Angles talk about Montreal. And then I just, oh, wait, no. I was I thought maybe Timmons had already started. And maybe, like, he just got the segment off, but no. Okay, um, well, Alex, you know how we start the show, right? Yeah. Um, God, like, where do we go from here? I guess I want to send Alex, if I can if I can brag about one thing. I was right about Kale McCarr. You were... I you said he's right. Calder this year, and he's off to a fantastic start. Twenty-three points in twenty-one games. Egan, can he, he he's been good. He's been he, he has, has been good. He has made that fan base forget about Tyson Berry really quickly. Well, he's the reason they were able to get rid of Tyson Berry. You know what I find really funny about Kale McCarr too? Tell me. Do you remember where they drafted him? Was it not fourth overall? Now, it was 2017, of course, the year that they were completely trashed. Uh, they were, of course, they finished last. They fall down four spots, or from one to four. They missed off of Nico Heischer, which, all right, Nolan Patrick has an injury problem. Zero Heiskin's fantastic, but you see what Kale McCarr's already done. They probably got the second or third best player in that draft because Elias Patterson was fifth. But you know, in in at first, I'm sure Colorado thought, you know, that's that's it sucks that we've lost out on a player like Heischer or in Patrick. But then of course, Kale McCarr, a blessing in disguise, I'd say. But of course, it just it, it just it hit that defense, Eric Johnson, him, Trevor Timmons. Uh, of course, once uh, young Bowen Byram's ready, I, I I haven't even mentioned the guy they got from uh, Nashville, Samuel Gerrard. So. Just Colorado, and they're missing two of their best players right now. Just a complete joke. Oh, yeah. I want to give a shout-out to Marc-Andre Fleury, who got his 450th career win. Was that against the Leafs? It was. Oh, okay. And he made that spectacular save. That was uh, – I was fully expecting that to go in, and then just No. Um, I love big saves, but you know what I love more? Big hits. I love a good clean check, and 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 Luke Shen absolutely destroyed Nikita Kucherov last night. I'm assuming you saw the hit. Yeah, I did. That was uh, wow, wow. I feel like um, Lee's fans should like Braden Shen. Sorry, um, Luke Shen, because hey, he got you. Um, JVR. He did get us JVR. 
I mean, forget about the players you may have passed on, but I, I, I've just got the hit back up. Like, up, I'm watching here, you know, like, it, it's just, it, it is, it's super clean, and it is just a rock'em, sock'em, hard, clean hit. It is spectacular. Listen, I don't want to bring it back to the Mike Babcock, but if someone put something up on Twitter, you know the Canadian heritage moments? Yeah. So they put uh, Mike Babcock being fired. <laughs> I thought you were about to say love to have Luke uh, Shen. No, on the on the Canadian heritage moment. <laughs> Sorry, um, I thought that was funny. That's fine. Uh, Oscar Sunquist did not get a suspension for just laying out poor John Gibson. Said he oh. just gets a. He got that was like funny. seven thousand dollars, as if that means anything to him. That's a bad wager against the boys for a practice or something. Honestly. Some nicer news. It was decided at the GM meetings which were going on that the uh, the GM of the Year Award will now be renamed to um, the Jim Gregory Award after, of course, the late Jim Gregory. Uh, just a really nice thing for the league to do, and apparently the general managers had no problem at all renaming the award. Because once again, I want to say it's hockey fight cancer and f- cancer. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I want to get this out the way really quickly. Our our best wishes to Bobby Ryan. Uh, we don't know exactly what is going on with him, but of course, he's going to be away for a bit because he's entered the NHL NHL PA assistance program. If you know anything about Bobby Ryan, he hasn't had. I won't go into the details. You can do that yourself, but. He hasn't had the easiest life, um, but you know what? When he was in Anaheim, he was a special player to watch. And if he gets going again, the man might have the most underrated pair of hands in the league. But our, our best wishes to Bobby Ryan. And, you know, he gets a lot of crap from Sens fans for his contract, but he's anything you hear, he's a great guy. And, and again, uh, all the all, all the best luck to him. Yeah. Uh, you know Mike Yow's trending on Twitter. Mike Yo, sorry. Yeah, Mike Yo, sorry. Mike Yo, sorry, sorry. Why is Mike Yo uh, because the Blues fired him on November 19th, 2018. Oh my. That's what happens. When- um did you also see that Pat Maroon got a standing ovation? He yes, played I did. there for but they love him. And that he got his Stanley Cup ring. That's really nice. Wait, a, a Hall of Fame ring, you say? Now, Alex, who gets rings from championships? Uh, teams who, uh, sorry, players who played on the team. Okay, never in my life have I seen people get so up in arms like how the Raptors fans are getting all pissy that Jonas Valachunas isn't getting a ring. Why is yeah. it such a... He didn't play for a championship team. He didn't do anything to win a like a championship. So go away with this thing about him getting a ring. Yeah. Well, you know what the thing is? I, I, I don't – I'm not a part – I don't really care if he gets a ring or not. But I don't know how – what the hawk – I think this the same idea goes in hockey. I remember Brian Burke saying something about this, that there's different types of rings. So apparently in the Raptors 
when the Raptors got the rings, there was like five different five tiers of rings. The players got the first tier, and then I'm not sure how it spread out along the rest of the organization through coaches, uh, executives, blah blah. But people are saying, why don't they get a lower tiered ring, like a three tier three ring, which is fine. I I know I what you're talking about, Brian. Like when Anaheim won it, they would do like you know coaching staff and all that get like a certain amount of diamonds, and it goes all the way down to the concession workers. So which of course would get a would not have twenty diamonds on their rings, but at least those people are in the organization though. Jonas Valachunas has been gone for years. No, he had, he was on the team last year, Adam. Yes. Okay. He, How he got true play of the Raptors. Uh, zero. Exactly. So no, but you said years. I'm just correcting you. I'm just oh. saying he was on the team for like half the season. I'm not arguing Subban, with you. I'm just telling you. If the Habs win a cup, if the Habs won a cup, PK Subban doesn't get a ring, and I love PK Subban. Lars no, Eller if, doesn't get a ring. No, but they, they haven't been on the team for years. That's not what people are arguing. You're not. If they trade Brendan Gallagher today and the Habs win a cup, Brendan Gallagher does not get a ring. Because he was not part – I don't give a damn what you did before. Do something in the playoffs and you deserve a ring. You weren't there for the for the grind and, and, and the moments. You're not Kawhi Leonard. You're not Kyle Lowry. I'm sorry, but you don't deserve a ring. You weren't there for the championship. Tough okay. soak. Okay. Anyway. We talked about – Okay, but so does, should Drake and the super fan get a ring? Okay, I, I – I'm not – it's a so, yes or no answer. Drake, hold on. Drake getting a ring is okay because doesn't he like donate to their champ? Like one of the. He's facilities? a global. He's a global ambassador. Okay, that's yeah. a. I don't think he should have gotten two. Uh, the super fan, I don't think should have gotten a ring. Wait, he had. He has. He doesn't have two rings. No, they gave Drake two. No, no, no. He got. He got one from the Raptors. The other one he paid for himself. Oh, okay, then that's. Fine. Yeah. No, okay. I don't think super fan Nov should have gotten a ring. Okay. Then, then Steve Dangle gets a ring if the Leafs ever win. Then I'm okay with it. That that's the only time I'm okay with someone getting a ring. Yeah. Um. Speaking of celebrating and all this, of course, the Hockey Hall of Fame just had its next wave of inductees go in. Uh, I had it open for some reason now. The GM meetings and offsides are. Hold on a minute. That's why I find. I don't ever hear this. So of course we have the likes of Guy Carboneau. Um, Vlaxov Nedimansky, Jim Rutherford, Haley Wickenheiser, Sergei Zubov. So congratulations to those guys. Um, Guy Carboneau will be um, celebrated at the Habs game tonight, but no one will care because my Babcock just got fired. But anyway, Alex, um, just quickly going over some of these players, of course, we talked about Sergei Zubov a few weeks ago. Haley Wickenheiser might be my favorite quote of all time, saying, the Americans had our, our flag on the floor of the dressing room. Now I wonder if they want us to sign it, which is... Oh, the best quote of all time. I don't know that much about Nenemansky. Rutherford's obviously a builder. It's not as a GM. And, of course, I know as much as I can about Guy Carbon. What are your thoughts on the guys who are now the newest members of the Hockey Hall of Fame? I think it's – well, I'm, congratulations. Like, it's it's pretty big to get inducted to the Hall of Fame. I know people kind of sometimes push it away because it's like – they're just throwing people in there. But I, I think it's a really big um, achievement. And I just wanted to point out Haley Wickenizer. You know she's like going to be a doctor. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> so, Alex, of That's course, awesome. 
after this happens, it, we start wondering who does this open the door for to get in the hub and who's next. So, if you've listened to Hockey Central and you've heard this before, but I'm going to start doing this as well. I'm going to read you some stats, and I want you to tell me if this person should be in the Hall of Fame. 1,424 games played, five, 522 goals, 541 assists, 1,063 points, 2,905 penalty minutes. Is that Hall of Fame numbers? How about what, what, what has he won? He, I think he won a cup with... Actually, I swear, if you tell me Pat Verbeek's numbers, I'm going to get so mad at you. Well, does this person deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I believe so. Then you just put Pat Verbeek in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Why do people get so mad about that? He's an awesome scout and an awesome hockey player. No, it has nothing to do with that. As I hear it all the time on Hockey Central. Yeah, because Jeff Merrick's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also have this some stuff from uh, 31 Thoughts, Elliot Freeman, Sportsnet.com, our friend of the show. <laughs> like to my shoes and he brought up some names of course um, Daniel Alfredson somehow was not in Curtis Joseph, Cassie Campbell Pascal, Alex McGillney Jeremy Roenick who I always forget is not in there <clears throat> it's of course um, with with our boy Carbono going in it's now thought maybe Rob Brindamore sorry Rod Brindamore I hate it's Rod not Rob uh, Rob Brindamore should go in now um, who are some of the people that you think deserve to get in now and maybe some of the people who the door has been open for them to go in now, as it's said in, in the business. Well, there's three players who are eligible first time next year. Number one is Jerome McGinley. Yeah, uh, he should get in right away. Okay, number two, Marion Hosa. Arguably one of the best two-way forwards of his generation. A legend to the Arizona Coyotes, isn't it? Oh, my God. And Shane <laughs> Doan. Uh, Speaking of Arizona, Shane Doan. He should go in as a builder, not a player, though. Why as a builder? Um, Austin Matthews isn't a hockey player without Shane Doan. That's true. No, that's true. Yep. That's true. I'm always right. I'm I not think- going to I think you know who I think should be should get a buy and who should be put in right away, and it's because I have a thing with goalies. <laughs> Is it Roberto Luongo? It's Roberto Luongo. Mister Twitter himself. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why in a second. Is, okay, tell me. See, I, I have a thing for goalies that I don't think they're ever really appreciated. Because uh, if you look at Roberto Lalongo, he's he's third in wins, dude. Like, that is saying something, right? And he is one of the, if I'm correct, he is one of three players, three goalies to play a thousand games. Three goalies have done that. And the only, can you tell me who the other two are? Uh, Martin Brodeur and Patrick Roy. Exactly. Yes. Sawchuck didn't do it. Kudrow never did. Belfort never did. Lundqvist may. He's at 8-6-8. But we celebrate a thousand games for players, but goalies, it's it's that much more difficult. So that I I he may have never he doesn't have a lot of individual trophies. He doesn't have many trophies, period. He's got some gold medals, but I, I think Lilberto Lalongo should get in there as, as soon as possible. That's that that'd be my guy. I think as soon as he's eligible, I think he will go in. 
Do you think who are some people that you think they would? Because I I don't know this for sure, but I'm I feel like I'm very very sure without looking it up that Wayne Gretzky, after he retired right away, they were like, hey, we're just gonna yeah, put you but in. that's a <laughs> yeah, but that's Wayne Gretzky. But do you think that Crosby should get an automatic buy or Ovechkin? I think right now, if there's a player in the NHL, I would give an automatic buy to. It is. Uh, Sidney Crosby. And what if Ovechkin beats the goal record? Man. That's a tough one. I think you have to. If you beat oh, a Gretzky record, you should get in right away. Well, sir, we, we are forgetting about Chris Kunitz. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Uh, so Gardner Hathaway got suspended for three games because he spit on someone. Oh my god! Uh, I I have avoided this at all costs because I I'm not very um I'm very squeamish, Alex, about the little things. So like everything I've seen about him spitting on someone, I've just avoided it because it's way too gross. <laughs> but yeah, um, you should get at minimum three games. That's gross. I thought I thought it was going to be five. I thought something like that's going to be five. Like I don't know, I don't know how you go. Well, this is also the league that didn't do anything when Marshawn like two players. So, <laughs> and what am Brandon, I supposed to say? And Dylan went head hunting for four straight games. <sighs> oh, Alex, boy. I I want to talk about. We have a few more things in the power hour. Uh, Corey Schneider clears waivers. And New Jersey are still really bad. Did you see PK got destroyed the other day? Yes, I did. Yeah, I, I want to keep pointing out. Like, I good. keep I keep bringing him up, but I love PK Subban. It's just he he got made to look like a fool in the game last night. I felt so bad. But like Schneider is not the problem. But at the same time, he's not good enough anymore to be the solution. You can't tell me Schneider's not the problem. He's o four and one. He has a. Uh, goals against average just above four and a half, and a save percentage of eight five two. Yeah, but it's not his fault that for the first ten games, a lot of players weren't playing well. I don't mean to keep picking on Spun PK, but PK only had like one goal for a long time, and it was and it was an empty netter. Like, dude, yeah, he needs to be better, and he knows himself. He needs to be better. Well, that entire team needs to be better. Victor Mete had more goals than than than, than um, Taylor Hall not that long ago. That's like, come on, dude. If he wants to make McDavid money this this summer, which I don't get why people seem to think he will, but Victor Mete well, has inflation. three. Taylor Hall still only has two goals. I think something's gonna happen. Listen, if things. I feel like we continue to say this, but if things don't turn around for this team, Taylor Hall will not be a New Jersey Devil very soon. No, I don't. It's either, it's either the Devil saying we need to move on and like rebuild this team, or it's Taylor Hall saying I need to make money. It's seven. They're seven, nine, and four. They play twenty games. They have eighteen points. They're they're a point above Detroit, but they also have three games in hand. Here, you know what the thing is with the standings right now? It's a mess. Oh, like, it is. Uh, I'm, it's, I'm, it's weird. How is this possible? Who run? Like, oh. what? What is this? 
Hold on, Alex, because we are on radio, if you really think about it. So if we look at it, um, the the Metropolitan, uh, Washington won, New, New, uh, the Islanders second, Carolina third, the Atlantic, Boston won, Florida two, Montreal three. Uh, the wild card, it's Pittsburgh, Philly, Buffalo, uh, then Toronto, three points separate um, Pittsburgh on the outside in Toronto. Uh, Tampa are... Two points behind Toronto. They have five games. In five games. How is that possible? Um, Columbus are two points behind Toronto. They have three games in hand. The Sens are three points behind Toronto with two games in hand. The um, Rangers are four games behind the Leafs. They have five games in hand. Why do you keep saying Toronto? Um, the New Jersey Devils are also four points behind Toronto. They have three games in hand. Why do you keep saying Toronto? <laughs> Just They're a benchmark, dude. Okay, that's true. Um, but like that's how tight it is in the East. If you go to the West, if I remember correctly, it's even worse. So of course the Blues lead the Central with thirty-one points. Colorado with twenty-eight. By the way, you remember that is without Landis Coggin uh, ran it. The the Jets are somehow there with twenty-seven points because whatever. The Pacific is is Edmonton leading the way. Arizona is second. Good for them. Then Vegas at twenty-five. Now here's where it gets really funny. The wild card is then is Dallas, Vancouver, who are at the top of the Pacific the other day, Calgary, Chicago, Anaheim, Nashville, San Jose. Um, it is Dallas right outside at 26. The Sharks are at 21 points. So five points between seven spots. And the Sharks, by the way, have not moved up in the standings despite just having a six-game road trip. Sorry, a six-game winning streak. What is happening? Nashville, uh, I, they're not, yeah. Dallas are 8-1-1 in their last 10 because of the hole they were in. They're not in the playoff spot. What is happening, Alex? Gary Bettman is just laughing. He's he's living his dream. Parity. Everyone's right played at least 20 games in the, in the West. And in the East, we have two teams that haven't even played 19 games yet. So four, four teams that have only played, like, Nearly, sorry, four teams under 20 games played. What is yeah. happening? I don't know, man. I'm not surprised. I think we had something similar like this last year, right? Like, how many points did Montreal have uh, we don't need last to talk year? About that. 96, I think. I'm just trying to prove a point that there's parity. There's they, a lot of parity. They were technically in the top 16 in the league, but they missed the playoffs because. They wouldn't have made it if it was one through eight anyway, but yeah, they were the best team to miss the playoffs. I think we need to have a one sixteen one two sixteen playoff bracket. I mean what like that would be league? That'd be pretty jokes. That would be nuts. You wanna talk about crazy idea? That you wanna know what else is crazy. Tell me. That you didn't believe in Darcy Kemper. Yeah, I guess I should apologize. Go ahead. Sorry, Darcy Kemper. I didn't believe in you. Now, I'm going to quickly read Darcy Kemper's stat line this year. He is 9-5-0 with a 9-3-7 save percentage, a 1.85 goals against average. This might finally be Arizona's year, and I'm very happy about it. Until um, he gets injured. So, Alex, I've decided from now on we do the read of the week at the end of the power hour. So, Alex, let me ask you, what is your read of the bye week? Uh, it's from yesterday. 
from Ian Tullock. It's on The Athletic. It's called Want to Blame Something for the Leaf Struggles. Look no further than what's happened on defense. I highly suggest you go read it. Um, hopefully these things change with Sheldon Keefe. But I actually picked this yesterday as soon as I read it before Bob Cock got fired. Um, mine is from Jonathan Willis, also of The Athletic. Uh, headline, Lessons Learned from the Nightmare Free Agent Class of 2016 and the Price Still Being Paid. And just to give you some context about this, Alex, I'm just going to lead you some names. Uh, Kyle Lukposo, Milan Lucic, Andrew Ladd, Louis Erickson, Franz Nielsen, David Backus, Troy Brower, James Reimer, Matt Martin, Dale Weiss, David Schlemko. And think of where those players are now. We talked no about it last week, but exactly. Is this just the athletic read of the week? I'm sure one of, you know, one of, one of these weeks, 31 Thoughts is going to be an absolute bomber. Or I know, but I feel, I, feel like picking, I feel like picking 31 Thoughts was is just like the easy way out. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure one day, well, then everyone else has to pick up their game. So, uh, well, the GM meetings are going on. And so far, all we know is they're talking about offsides. That's one thing they're talking about. Well, it, it's the big story. I haven't been keeping up with it that much, but because the only thing I've actually seen is about that. So, like, what else is? Oh no, I'm an idiot. I just didn't fully read the article. There was talk about the Calvert stuff. Hathaway and the. Oh no, this is just the follow-up stuff. All right, then, then Alex, you know what? How about you lead us through the GM meetings because I, I don't Give care me about that. I don't know sure responsible for a bit of a mess of one, but you know, I don't I don't care about the GM meetings. Well no, I think th- why? Because it's a bunch of old men yelling at each other about stuff that is they shouldn't have to talk no one should have to talk about the Calvert situation. That should already have been resolved. The fact they have to talk about that stuff in the first place is beyond me. And the fact that for a third straight year we're still trying to figure out offsides is a bit of an issue. Okay, so how would you describe offside since we're talking about it? If your body crosses the puck before, crosses the blue line before the damn puck does. If your skate is in the air, it's fine. And you have to be involved in the play. The Landeskog stuff was just terrible. Okay, so how about in the, in the case of Charlie Coyle, where it was a lot of, was he in control of the puck? Is he, was Charlie Coyle in control of the puck? He was. So if he has control of the puck in his feet, that is considered control of the puck. Yes, because we all, we forget how good NHL players really are. And I am I would be very surprised. He, he recovers it right away, makes a fantastic pass over, and it leads to a goal, right? Like it, 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 he clearly has possession of it. It's it's not even a question. He wrangles it perfectly. Like yeah, it, it's a it's a fine goal for me. It's not offside. He has possession, and that is against my team. Not Montreal did win the game, so yeah. Uh, what was the other thing they talked about? One second, man. I'm going to completely check Twitter again. To see oh, they on. talked about. Uh, the review they talk i believe they talked about the pittsburgh situation oh god they had like two and a half minutes yeah yeah that was bad that is something and it it 
kind of brings up a, a bigger situ- uh, question. Should the refs have, should the refs tell the coaches what they can and cannot challenge in the situation? So let's say the coach asks the ref if he can challenge this specific play, whether it be a, a certain type of goal, uh, offside, goalie interference. What do you think? Sorry, say that again? Do you think the refs should remind the coaches of the rules in regards to replay? Uh, no, they should know themselves. It's part of being a, a coach. I mean, it's part of so what's not. the point of having the ref then? I still think you need refs. Like, you, you, so, But the refs are there to enforce. The rules. Yeah, they shouldn't have to remind you of them. Like you should like re- replay in that. Yeah, but you need to have refs. Okay, so if the ref goes, if the coach says, "Can we can we review this play?" Ref doesn't respond. Yeah, I'd say know the rule, idiot. Okay. Plus, he shouldn't. He wasn't one. He wasn't the one getting scored on. It was what three nothing. That come on, dude. You weren't. No, you that's were, fine. But okay, so there's the argument that players all don't know all the rules. Is that okay? Uh, players is yeah, be, yeah. Armstrong. Why is that? Why is that? So the players don't have to know all the rules, but the coaches have to know all the rules that all the rules. Yeah, because they so, don't have sh- other stuff to deal with. Yes, because a coach's job is to run the players, not with the assistant or other players. Just go out and play. Okay, I don't agree, but that's fine. Fine. Apparently, earlier in the day, I didn't see this. It's a quote from Babcock at the end of the scrum they had this morning. He's like, we just talked to Doobie and he said he's flying in with John, so he might have been tired of hanging out in Toronto. So uh, so he knew he was getting fired before they told him he was. <sighs> I think, yeah, the moment your boss flies over the, to Arizona. Yeah. There's some stuff from Claude Julian in that, but do, do you want to hear what Claude Julian said? I don't, I don't. Sure, it's up to you. Uh, it's and he just talked. Yeah, talk about our team. We're playing. I I I can't even. Okay, and this sucks because the one of the biggest stories in the league was the fact that Montreal just got decimated by by injuries when it came to two really important players. But it doesn't matter anymore. What can I say? They lost to Columbus. No one cares about the Blue Jackets or the or the Devils. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Or, like, I'll talk about this. Like, people aren't believing the Habs and seeing they're winning games by smoke and mirrors. They're the they're 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 top five in in even strength scoring. They've been one of the best even strength goal like even strength player. Um, I I'm so angry about this thing. I can't even put my words together. He the, the Habs have been one of the best five on five teams in the past two seasons. You don't do that on accident, Alex. We're, like there's no credit being given to Brendan Gallagher, Philippe Deneau, Thomas Tatar. I told you how good that line was against the Bergeron line. No one cares. No one's giving. It, no one gives any credit to Jeff Petrie. Edmonton really. Okay, likes. so who you blame for that? The media. So which media? All of them. TSN, Sportsnet. Because why? I so you blame them as a whole. Why don't you blame the? How about that? You blame the people within Montreal. Do I don't see any. I, I'm going to stop you right there because if you start turning this into a thing of they get the credit all in Montreal, that is fair. But I they should get the credit in Montreal. 
I, I'm not arguing that. Imagine, but I don't live in Montreal. I live in the part where the big stories is Sportsnet and TSN. And Sportsnet cannot go on and say, the like, what is it? Canada's number one sports network and talk about one damn team all the time. I understand why they, they why they do, but at the same time, don't quote this on yourself and talk about it like nothing. Justin Bourne was saying, oh, Montreal may not be the best team. We handed Boston and Washington their asses like nothing the other day. Carey Price has been lights out all of November, and no one is talking about it. It is so annoying. I get Babcock is a big deal, but then you completely cancel what happens. This isn't the first time a segment this year Eric Angles has been cancelled or something. I don't want Claude Julian and, T- and DJ Smith talking about Mike Babcock an hour before they play. Are you kidding me? I understand you need to talk about the Leafs, but guess what? There are 30 other teams and your job is to talk about all of them. If you want to talk about them on Saturday when everyone is watching, go right ahead. You need to do something new for the first intermission anyway. But guess what? There are other Canadian teams that you need to focus on as well. The only time I see people talk about the Oilers is in disbelief. No one like devoting a proper segment to how good guys like Oscar Clefbaum have been. Adam Larson coming back. McDavid and Dreisaitl are almost averaging two points a game. But no, we need to talk about the struggles the Leafs are having. Darren Millard himself said on Tim and said, I figured out there are multiple teams here, and I don't see it as a massive issue. Because the Leafs were never going to be this bad the entire season. You're a fool if you think that. They have too much talent. And here I am, you know, the lonely little Habs fan over here. It's just my team has is getting just absolutely no credit. No so crap. everyone, people in the media are complaining that they're not talking about other teams enough. No, no I am complaining about No, it. no, but there are people in the media talking or complaining that they don't talk about other teams enough. I'm not, I don't know that. You just said it. You just literally no, called said Justin Boer. You called out Justin Boer and Darren Millard who were quoted saying that they that we're talking about this but we should be talking I'm asking you no right? no no I didn't say that I said Justin I said Darren Millard on Tim and said yeah. that there are other teams and I said Justin Bourne was saying that Montreal may not be the best team and that's when I had a problem of excuse me Justin would you care to actually look at my team okay and and, and I'm not saying Eric Angles is complaining I'm just saying there has been more than one time that he has been cut off or something. And it's and I could go into much more ripping into Sportsnet, but I'm not going to do that because, again, I hope to one day work for either TSN Sportsnet, The Athletic, or ESPN. I love all of you. But, like, you have to get my frustrations here, Alex, that I rarely get to see my team play. Like, there were two, te- there are four teams, two games on tonight, and I didn't know for sure if Montreal's game was going to be broadcasted. No, is I it understand being broadcasted? It, it actually is, for once, for the love of God. We're That's because it's a Wednesday. Yeah, it, it was a 50-50 chance, Alex. A flip of a coin if my game yeah, was going. Yeah, but that's that specific, the the air, there's a dip, and I get your frustration. I'm, I, I'm not, I don't understand it because okay. I don't, just wait, just wait, just stop. Okay, okay. You have to, this is much more complicated than a simple oh there's we have to think about people living in toronto who are fans of montreal it's far more complicated than that oh, number one tsn 
yeah, number one, TSN and Sportsnet don't have a lot of control over that. The NHL is dictating where you can put your games, and especially in Canada. So it's I get. Sorry, go on, go on. No, I get the media thing. I'm not arguing about the media thing, but the 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 stuff about the TV and where they put the games is a much more. It's, it's a much more complex situation than the media stuff. I very I agree with you that we should be talking about more teams. I think. Listen, I last year, Hockey Central noon was literally just Leafs for most of the day. Now that they went to two, I'm happy that they went to two hours because now at least I get to hear about other teams. I I think it's better than last year. I we've had that discussion before. They're talking about more than just the Leafs, right? Well, or yeah, Alex. So well, let me be. Let I me agree be, with the the media stuff. I I know I'm right about the broadcast stuff on the game. I know I'm whining about. I know for a fact. Like we we talked about it. I understand, and uh, but I like and, and I've I've said I understand the business stuff, but just like on a personal level, it, it is the it's so terrible. It is so yes. terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. To, different yeah it's a complex thing but i agree with you on the media i I don't know what you want me to say like i'm just gonna i just i just kind of lost it there because i was i was looking forward to tonight i was really happy i got to see my boy eric angles and now like my timeline at first it's really remember when carlson got traded and um by the way uh andrew brewer paul mcfarland and dave haxtell all will keep their jobs um, but you know, it's it's just a thing of I love the first reaction, but then you know I see like oh god, I just get I get very frustrated when all of a sudden another game gets taken over because there's story there, and I don't want Claude Julien being asked about that. And now like the segment of 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 angles talking about how how Montreal may have just lost their best forward is completely out the window. Yeah. By the way, Mike Babcock and King Clancy are the only Leafs coaches to lose three consecutive opening playoff rounds. That's good to know. King Clancy coached in the 50s. But you our- get – so I want to go back for a second. You get – like, listen, this isn't a justification. This isn't a uh, a good justification, but it is the reality. You get why it is like that, right? Oh, yeah, I understand. Like, okay. that's how the league does – oh, you yeah, know, I – like I said, Alex, I understand. I'm. I know I'm being a baby about it, but no, no, not about, not about, not about the TV. I'm talking about the media. Oh yeah, no, I completely understand okay. why Rogers talks more about the Leafs. I understand it, and when the Leafs are doing well, their lives are better. I completely understand it, but I, I, I just don't think, on a business level, it is the right thing. But on a fan level, I hate it. No, yeah, that's, that's it. That's all. Like I'm not gonna. I can't sit here and. Tell you I understand because I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not trying to be an. I'm not trying to be an ass about it. I'm just. Oh, no. I don't know what to say. And I acknowledge if you put on RDS or TVA in Quebec, I know for a fact it's all about the Montreal Canadiens. But then the difference between those networks and Sportsnet is those guys don't be like, oh, we are the biggest thing in Quebec. And then when Sportsnet's like, Canada's number one sports network, like, God, really? You're gonna do that? And then, like, I could yell about the freaking the lease lunch segment, but I'm not going to because Mike Babcock is now gone. It's but, yeah, it's irrelevant. <laughs> it's but irrelevant. I still think I still think is her name Andy? 
Oh, uh, yeah, Andy Petrillo. I still think she was in the wrong. But anyway, um, I didn't mention it. Paul Byron is out for four to six weeks with a knee injury. Jonathan Drew is out a minimum of eight weeks with a, with a wrist after any wrist surgery, and I, I'm, can, I'm can you can you explain to me and the listeners how big of an impact that has on on the the, the team? Well, so Paul Byron has been a very interesting player. He was, of course, cleaning up waivers from the Calgary Flames uh, since being in Montreal. He has hit two twenty goal scorers. I have seen him beat McDavid in the puck battle before. Paul Byron is one of the best skaters in the league. He's just he's never talked about. He's had a rough start to this season, though. He's an important part to the Habs. He's even an alternate captain, a lot of people don't know. So the team's identity is young and fast, and they've just they've gone and they've lost Paul Byron. It's a real shame. And then there is the loss of Jonathan Druin, which if you know anything about Jonathan Druin's time in the Montreal Canadiens is there was all the expectations in the world. Uh, it didn't work out really the past few years. Of course, he was terrible down the stretch last year, but he's come into this season. And he has been Montreal's best player. He's, he was on pace for 30 goals. You saw him like the night he had those two breakaways against Michael Hutchinson. He's got the best hands. He's, he's put in the effort in both ends of the ice. He was, He's fantastic. And, of course, I have been a fan of Jonathan Druin since he was a member of the Halifax Moosehead. I wear a Jonathan Druin jersey. I bring him up on my videos as much as I can. So the loss of Paul Byron is bad enough, but losing Jonathan Druin, who was starting to play on the top line, is catastrophic. And it is going to be such a test for the Habs without him. So I have their daily face-off up uh, in front of me. Here, I'm assuming this is replacing uh, Jonathan Druin on what they have as the second line is Nick Suzuki uh, with Domi and Armias, their wingers. Is Suzuki ready for that? I, I don't listen. I'm I'm being ignorant here. I don't know because you've kind of explained it to me that in a way that I didn't I I haven't seen in the way they rule their lines is different. Is it different than other teams? Like is their second line, their second line, like how, what is Montreal's lineup like? Well, so normally it has mostly been, the top line has been the same. Uh, before these injuries hit, the second line was actually Max Domi centering Armia and Jonathan Druin. And I think the only reason they've moved it over is because the first 10 games, Nick Suzuki was all right. But his second half, he's been, or the second half of those 10 games, he's looked really, really good. And he started playing a lot more center when Kinyemi went down with his, his groin injury. So I think it's a big test for him, but he's looked better as the year has gone on. So, so Suzuki can fit that role. Hopefully. But if, hey, if it doesn't go well, Domi can easily fit in back at center. And Suzuki's been playing wing. Okay. So they lost Paul Byron. They put Charles Houdon on the left wing, I believe, on the fourth line. Is that where? Where was Byron playing? Byron was playing with. He was. It was weird. They had him and Lekkinen alternating on the left and right on the Kasperi on the um. I almost said Kasperi on the Jesperi Kokinemi line on the third so, line. So they have here Jordan Wheel on the third line. I'm assuming they put uh, Charles Houdon because I know he just got called up. Why 
did they pick Charles Sudan as the guy to bring back up rather than, let's say, someone like Ryan Paling, who people have been talking about for a while? So Ryan Paling, of course, had the concussion to start the year. And because if you look at how Montreal center depth has been working out, there's just no spot for him. Um, there, he wasn't getting the ice time. It made no sense to play him over Nate Thompson because Nate Thompson that's a really big part of Montreal's penalty kill. So it's just he wasn't getting the right chance. So it made more sense to bring up a winger, I'd say. Now, and, and listen, there are lots of guys in Laval that deserve a call-up. Lucas Vage Jamo is a big guy. Same with um, Jake Evans, who you know I'm a big fan of. So it's just, Houdon does make sense because he's played in the NHL. And he's been working really hard with Yoel Bouchard. He had a hat-trick, uh, I think, the last AHL game he played. And so you don't see Ryan Paling playing the wing? I, I don't. I don't. Um, I think, or not for the foreseeable future. I'd be amazed if he wasn't happy at the end of the year, but if so, it would have to be some situation where Nate Thompson's gone. And if there's a trade, which it sounds like Bergman's planning, then unless Nate Thompson's going there, I don't see Paling playing wing because I, I just don't. He's a centerman. That's it. So how do these injuries, I guess... I'm assu- I don't. I'm assuming Paul Byron doesn't play on the power play, but I could be wrong. Um, how does he does or does not? He doesn't. I'm assuming that J- or um, Jonathan Duran does. Oh yeah, he yeah. Okay. He's a big so how does losing Jonathan Duran affect your power play? I will answer you like this. Um, there was a power play that had a combination of Jordan Wheel, Nick Cousins, and Yoel Armia last night. So it's not looking good. Now, they're not... See, this is really frustrating. They're not using Gasperi Kotkinemi a lot on the power play. So they're, I think they're going to change it up, and hopefully if he, he... It looks like he's definitely ending the sophomore slump. But it, it, unless... unless um, Claude Julian and Co... Well, Kirk Muller, I believe, runs the power play... Unless they start trying some new stuff, it might be a bit of an issue. Uh, Nick Suzuki, at the same time, will be counted on. And I'm sure you saw the pass he made to Tomas Tatar a couple of games ago. I did. So, uh, let me tell you, Nick Suzuki in a few years is going to be that quarterback on the power play. So, going, you, you know this, there's a theme here, and it's it keeps going back to Nick Suzuki. Yeah. So, I guess... What I want to get to next is when we talked about the Montreal Canadiens before the season, we're 20 games in now. You said you didn't even think, like you thought they were going to be fighting for a wild card spot. Now we're 20 games in, they sit third in the Atlantic. Yes. What are are they just playing better than expected And do you think that this could last for the entire season? See, the only thing is the Habs have had a lot of comeback wins, and their their special teams have been up and down. Uh, That's the only problem. I think a big part of their comebacks have been their five-on-five play, which I never shut up about. And then at the same time, the, the other thing is Toronto are a big thing here, and Tampa, 
who I refuse to count out. So I think they will continue to play well. I only think the reason they're in, they've been second, third in the Atlantic is because of how Tampa and Toronto have been playing. So I, I still believe by the end of the year, they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot, but I just don't know who it will be against now. But I just no. I don't believe that Tampa or Toronto are going to stay down there. Well, the Boston, it, the it won't group. be it won't be Buffalo, that's it, for sure. No, no, it will not be. Okay. Are I think are we good, Alex? I think so. I'm just doing my last Twitter check. Um, <laughs> uh, Brandon Shanahan. We're mistake-prone defense. The attention to details aren't there. Even the explosive offense our team was known for is missing. You know um, Anthony Stewart loved that. <laughs> the attention to details aren't there. God. Well, this is a good one. Just to get, This is a final question to end the episode. This mm-hmm. is from Bri- Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Okay, who's the next team to fire their coach and consider hiring Mike Babcock? Ooh, hold on. Let me look at the standings up. Um, no, 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 no. Um, you know I, what? I have a very, I don't, I don't know if it's a hot take, but it's a really good theory. Go ahead. I have a team in mind, but I'll, I'll let you go first. Okay. So there's a team that may or may, that may be entering the league in 2021. Oh. Babcock is getting paid handsomely. Oh. Does Mike Babcock become the first coach in Seattle, whatever their team name is, history? Krakens. Uh, yeah. Well, go uh, that's much better than what I thought. What were you going to say? I was going to say Calgary. Ooh. But. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. That could That could be interesting. Oh, but if I'm if I'm Ron Francis, I I call him right away. Yeah, I call Mike Babcock right away. Because if because, you look at it, go ahead. Because that seems like the type of coach that would be a good way to start your franchise. Right, you're starting from scratch. Uh, I I don't want to say he leans more defensive, but I think he might. He has a really big reputation. He or a good reputation. He has a big personality. I feel like he's the type of guy who you want to start that franchise. There won't be nearly as much attention to him either. There, that will will be in Toronto. Yes, you know who you as you when you say that you know who I realize that really applies to. Uh, who? Jake Gardner. Oh yeah, we're twenty games in. I haven't heard a single word about that guy. You know what? I I've, I feel bad that I, I didn't remember to ask you this. Um, You know what I've always thought is really interesting that Elliot Friedman's always said? Tell me. We can close it out with this. But he said how Mike Babcock has always hired, um, held the pressure really well there. And I only relate this because I think it's a, it's a fair example. PK always took the pressure in, in Montreal, right? And the moment he left, it fell to Max Pacioretty. And we all know how that went. So with Babcock gone, who is the guy who's taking all this pressure now? Okay. Well, I'm I'm inclined to say William Nylander. Oh, because no. but I know that's not the answer you want 
on here. So I'm not going to say William Nylander. Anthony tried to trade him on Hockey Central again today. No, they dis- They tried again. I thought yeah. they always say that we don't. We shouldn't trade. Will whatever. Anthony That's- Stewart was like, "You guys already know what I'm going to say." And Justin Bourne was just laughing. Like, um, but yeah, yeah, okay. go. I think he wears the cap. He has the C. It, it it's got to be John Tavares at this point. I if listen, whoever got the the captaincy, that's who I'm saying. The the this load that was on Mike Babcock's shoulder it now shoulders it now falls upon the captain of this team. And you know Unle- he can handle it. I think he can handle it. I mean, he played in New York. That's I don't think we give enough attention how intense a market that place is. Adam, he played for the New York Islands. Okay, don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to throw shade at the team, but they did. He didn't play. You like there's a difference between playing for the Islanders and playing for the Rangers. I know, but hey, I'm. But also, you got to think at the same time he's been through that home arena throwing snakes and jerseys at him, and right, saying right. no, 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 I'm not. Right. But I think we both agree, just knowing what we know about John Tavares. But Listen, man, he for... looks – he's looked pissed. Oh, I – He has looked he only pissed the last – he's looked, he's looked quite upset the last couple of games. Listen, until we, I see what Sheldon Keefe – I don't think much is going to change, uh, I guess, system-wise or how – Sheldon Keefe wants them to play. That's not going to change much for the next couple of games, like three, two, five games. But I think their effort level will increase because now they give a crap. And all the weight is on their, the, all the play, not just John Tavares. At the end of the day, if Austin Matthews doesn't perform, if William Nylander doesn't perform, if um, Don Tavares doesn't perform. Johnson Kapanen, those guys don't perform. They're they're gonna hear it, unless Sheldon Keefe tries to implement something so idiotic, which I don't think he will. That's when the when we go back to Sheldon. We we go back to blaming the head coach, but. As a Leafs fan, I don't I don't think right now I'm at a point where it's the players. Kyle Dubas brought in the coach that he wanted. Kyle Dubas, what did give me one second as I look this up. I can't wait till Nylander scores 40 goals and they still blame him if they miss the playoffs. He could become a doctor in between periods. And they would still hate him. What was the line that Friedman said his mom used to tell him or his grandmother that somebody could could cure cancer and someone would still complain about it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Neil Andrew could win the cons oh, trophy, trophy oh, and Anthony Stewart will still be saying to trade him. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't know if he won anything in, in Sault Ste. Marie, but I do know they finished – in the top of their division 
in the in his first full season as head coach. So he's done something with in Sault Ste. Marie with Kyle Dubas. He won the Calder Cup with Kyle Dubas with the Marlies. I'm not saying he's going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm just saying Dubas is coach. We know Dubas and Keith work well together in other scenarios. They coached, what was it, the third best team in American League history? That wasn't the year uh, they won it, I know, but like the, the Marlies had the that year one. before. The year before, because they made it to the they made it to the finals two years in a row. Jesus. But listen, the Marlies are are a different story because they just literally sign guys like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, because that were. yeah, it's it's a messy situation. Not messy. Yeah. Shout out to Hockey DB who already have him as the head coach, by the way. Yeah, Cap Friendly already have him up too. They're really on it, aren't they? Good for them. Just killing it. Oh, Alex, I think that's going to be everything. Um, that is everything for we, our emergency podcast. We do apologize. I think we did have notes ready, but I don't know about you, but I certainly was on the fly a lot for this. Yeah, most of my stuff was on the fly too. But you know what? I like the start of it. We're, you know, with Babs. It's awesome. Not that he got fired, I mean, but the fact that uh, I love stuff like that. When Carlson got traded, there was just pure pandemonium. Some people just want to watch the world burn, Alex, and I am one of those people. So crazy. You're nice. If you enjoyed this episode, ladies and gentlemen, we have three ratings, by the way, on this podcast. They're three. all five stars, which is awesome. 15 stars. Love it. So if you enjoyed this episode of the 2-in-1 podcast, here's what you need to do. You need to give us a rating. You need to uh, review the show as well. Then you're going to go over to our Instagram page. You're going to give that a follow. Why not get some some stuff going on the, the Instagram and all that? Get the comment sections going. Because we need one of them to get some traction except the Don Cherry one for some reason. Oh, um, just let the Mike Babcock one get up there. Oh, boy. Um, also, of course, I'm selfish, so go check out my HFRs, because they're awesome. Go follow us on social media as well, because, you know, that's awesome. And uh, I think that's going to be everything. And subscribe to the podcast. And, oh, how did I forget to say that? Okay, yeah, that's the most important part. Subscribe to the podcast. It's the two-on-one podcast. It's a hockey podcast. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the two on one podcast.